did you hear that Devin Booker had a plus minus of like 37 last night? He had 48 points and 11 assists and 10 of 10 from the free throw line. And if you haven't got the message that your trading percentages are incredibly exclusive for a player of his usage rating, I'll continue conversating while the suns are escalating. One day they'll be jumping on that podium and celebrating. So the panel guys, they love to analyze the suns. Yeah, the so the panel guys, they love to analyze the suns. What what show or is this? This is fanning the flames, right? <laughs> those guys nope. are so nice. I actually, they they, those guys are great. They don't deserve to be seventh on the rankings by one fan on Twitter that is suddenly now the definitive <laughs> list. <laughs> well, but but now there's an eighth podcast, so they're not last right now. Is, is there? Yeah. 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 Some something every day. I don't know. Sunday yeah, or something. Eighth podcast. Huh? Right. Suns every day or something. I don't know. I I can't keep track. Of Is this it anymore. every other day or something? I, I, <laughs> Suns daily Suns every we're, other day. <laughs> we're changing. We're changing our name to Suns once a week, and you all can just in, in find us under that on wherever you listen to your fine podcasts. It really is a testament to the fan base that you have so many different Suns podcasts for a team that has uh, that has been so terrible. And and somebody I can't remember who it was. It was one of the guys that does the podcast. I think ah shoot. Um. Anyway, he said there are almost as many Suns podcasts as there are Suns wins. Oh, the biggest problem right now is every Suns fan has a podcast, so we have no listener base because they're all just doing their own podcasts. So. <laughs> so. No, but we're all listening to each other, though. We are our own fan base. Hold on. You guys listen to other shows? I barely have time to do this one, let alone listen to other shows. No, I listen I to listen most to of them. Other ones. I, I do. And I even listen to this one, Tim. So I would uh, legitimately I would listen to all of them every single week if they would get on Spotify. But sometimes some of the other podcasts aren't on Spotify. Anyway, this this podcast isn't about the other podcasts. This is about us and the Phoenix Suns. So listen, there Tim are... already does a good job pimping the other podcasts. Right. Uh, Tim, just we cut that do... portion out. I'm not doing any video editing. Okay. <laughs> Reports that Porzingis, uh, there are reports that uh, the uh, Porzingis for Josh Jackson swap a couple of years ago that the Knicks supposedly turned down is inaccurate, but apparently Mr. Greg Esposito has some uh, inside information of what actually happened. Yeah, I can confirm that Woj's report was wrong when he said the Suns turned down a trade that only involved the number four pick for Kristaps Porzingis. The Suns, in fact, were involved in 2017 uh, around draft time in talks for Kristaps, but Phil Jackson uh, wanted Devin Booker and the number four pick that would turn into Josh Jackson. Suns pretty much laughed and walked away from the table. So there was no truth to what Woj was saying on his podcast that they turned down a deal that only involved the number four pick. It's my understanding that if that had been the case, Kristaps Porzingis would have been a Phoenix Sun back then, long before his ACL injury. Well, of course. Like, when it came out, I was texting with my Brightside staff, and I'm like, this makes zero sense. And they were arguing with me. Well, it's because blah, blah, blah. Woj said it. And I'm like, uh, just because Woj said it doesn't mean it was 100% the all the facts. And now it comes out that it wasn't 100% all the facts. No, and I mean, 
I think Gambo had a report about what uh, what the Suns actually offered uh, in a different uh, package. And I can just tell you, uh, the Knicks counter to that was Booker and and the number four, and and it was never even considered. So I I don't know. A lot of things come into play. There's a lot of different sources that you could get this from. Uh, I don't know where Woj was getting it from. Maybe he misremembered, uh, which could happen. Yeah, because even Woj tweeted back then that it was more than just Josh Jackson in the middle of the melee. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's easy in these podcasts to, to say something off the cuff and misspeak or misremember. Uh, it's different when it's in written. So I, so I tell me, uh, going back on it, you know, so uh, going back on a lot of trades, hindsight is twenty twenty, and you can tell yourself, oh, they really should have done that. Like the rumored Kyrie, right? Kyrie for yeah. Josh Jackson. Would you, uh, should the Suns have done Porzingis? No. Booker and number four? No, because then yeah. we you'd be sitting with the same problem you have. One young star and... Demanding a I, trade. I, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't have... Well, he'd be uh, hurt, and yeah. he'd be demanding a trade because he's he's one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't have... That would have been shuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic. The only way you made that deal is if you could have paired him with Devin Booker, and that was never on the table as a viable option. So, no, I wouldn't have done that. And then, you know what frustrates me more, though, is fast forward two years, and the Suns couldn't get in on this deal with New York because they didn't have the expiring contracts, but they didn't have the expiring contracts because they released... Yeah. Uh, they released Tyson Chandler. They release Austin Rivers, and they had traded the one expiring contract that they had in Trevor Ariza. That was a big number for Austin Rivers and the right to cut him. So, like, I, it's the inexperience in the front office that winds up biting him in the ass again because you could have been a player in this, and all you would have to done is take a, a bad contract uh, back and and gotten a young player. That would have been the perfect kind of guy to, to bring in the situation. People are like, well, the knee injury. Yeah, but if you're only getting rid of uh, of expiring contracts it, of guys right. you weren't going to keep, it's worth rolling the dice because then you could have another 23-year-old star if he bounces back. Instead, There's really the, no downside for no. Dallas. On that no, well, and Dallas w- winds up putting themselves in a hell of a position now where their, their rebuild gets accelerated and the Suns are sitting here on their hands, you know? I mean, Dallas had to take on a bunch of bad money through uh, through next year. Um, they're going to end up having to max out a guy that you know likely isn't going to play before they give him that max extension. And if that contract, if if he doesn't ever come back, if he has you know more knee problems, um, knee problems, you know, uh, lower body problems on big guys is often a lot more serious than than on guards. Uh, there's a bit of risk for Dallas. It'll it'll probably work out, but there is definitely a bit of risk for Dallas. It's it's strange too uh, what the Knicks got <laughs> back for Porzingis, you know. Uh, well, but but see, it's it, it's the perfect dichotomy of today's NBA. Uh, the Knicks realize, you know what? We're in a major market. We're a a, a historic franchise. We can attract. A, a couple superstars if we have the money is is the thought process right which we've seen the nba is is moving towards uh guys colluding and deciding that they want to go to to these major franchises the mavericks the last on the other time hand, the knicks did this they got a Stoudemire. 
I, I mean, and it worked out all right because they wound up in the playoffs. It was the, you know, and they but it had, wasn't had their, a decent their, run. It wasn't their plan. Amari no. was like uh, number five on their list. No, but I, and I agree, but uh, the Knicks at least are, are thinking in that mindset. And the Mavericks, on the other hand, look at it and go, we're not going to attract major free agents. That's just right. not the way it's going to work for us. We have to build through getting controllable assets through trade and draft, where the Suns don't seem to get that this is the way the new NBA works. And, and James Jones thinks he's going to be able to woo a, some kind of major free agent to come to Phoenix, despite the fact that we're just seeing that, that and the reality is Phoenix is not a major market in the NBA. They're a medium to small market uh, in terms of the way that the players are viewing it right now. They're like New Orleans, uh, and they're more likely to lose a guy like Devin Booker uh, by forcing his way out than add a superstar through. Yeah, this is this is what bothers me the most about uh, James Jones's take on things right now. Now, what a GM says is not always what a GM does. So uh, we all have to take every word with a grain of salt because um, you can say whatever you want and do something completely different. But his general take of the Suns' best chance of adding high-level talent is free agency because with trades, nobody wants to make you better. And with the draft, it's kind of a crapshoot, and he hasn't hired any scouts to scout college to actually make the draft uh, a, a, a positive for them. Although you could argue that uh, Ryan McDonough, with all of his scouts, didn't make the draft a positive for the Suns. So it's, that's kind of a crapshoot too. But – James Jones's comment that that free agency is the way to go. The Suns have never been successful in free agency because the same as Dallas. Dallas is a huge market and they have trouble landing free agents. It's not the destination places are not including Phoenix in their top three. And when you've got the best players in free agency, they don't have to go to their fourth, fifth, sixth options. They get the money they want with their top options. Can we take a step back? I, I just. And yes, I am a Ryan McDonough stan. There's no doubt about it. I defend the guy way more than I probably should. But th this idea that Ryan McDonough was awful in the draft, that, that seems to be be the normal uh, feeling here. He could is, have done better, Greg. Oh, yeah, oh, Yes, and so could every GM. Go back and look at Sam Hinkie's misses, too. Uh, the fact is he hit on three. He missed on three or four of those major picks. I mean, if you look at it, T.J. Warren... Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. Some will argue DeAndre Ayton is a miss. I'm not in that camp. I mean, I still think he added quality to this roster, but yes, he could have done better. Well, he hasn't done anything awesome with his top five picks. Ryan, Ryan McDonough, has, he yes. missed on his trades. Um, pretty. He definitely missed on the trades. Pretty, uh, pretty bad. Um, and uh, he definitely didn't hit on any second round picks, which it's a crapshoot, but he should hit on one. At least, which would have made a big difference for this team. Uh, Ryan McDonough's plan uh, was great. It was simply poorly executed. Right. That's the thing. That's the thing. It, it, so the plan doesn't, that's what I was saying about James Jones. The plan doesn't actually matter as much as the execution. You have to get lucky. You have to know when to strike. That was one I wrote about the same um, topic you were just talking about, Greg. I wrote about it on Brightside this week is the sun's not even getting in on the talks. Now there's 25 other teams who feel the same exact way. What, 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 what it already happened. The trade already happened before we had a chance to pick up the phone and put our best offer together. Yeah, that's, that sucks. But the Suns shouldn't have been one of those. The Suns should have been one of the first ones 
with that relationship to have that talk to be able to make that trade even if the even if James Jones had kept those expiring contracts even if they were all sitting around grumpy and moaning and all that because the Suns weren't winning enough games to make um uh one year free agents happy he still wouldn't have been even that's that deal still wouldn't have happened because he didn't have the relationship already set up with the Knicks front office to where they'll make the deal with him over somebody else and we talked Dave, about that don't... last week Dave, don't right. crap crap in a bowl and tell me it's chocolate ice cream. There is no way that that deal came down in five minutes. Like it, it did. Like it did. Online. Nobody talks to anybody <laughs> until it's officially okay to talk. I, I'm telling you, they had that <laughs> they had that deal done long before they had that meeting with Chris Dobbs, and they're trying that's to not, make it look not, like he's the that's bad not guy. Legal, man, come on, yes, it is. Well, they at least <laughs> they at least had the deal done the night before. You saw uh, Chris Dobbs and, and Luka Doncic on on the court the the night before, smiling and and talking, and you could tell that they knew something. But you know, players don't talk to each other until they've been traded to play together well it just in in hindsight it's like oh yeah every, okay i'll see you tomorrow buddy opposing players that meet up at half court and pat each other on the back have been traded for each other well i'm just saying if you look everybody's at the gonna whole, be watching devin booker in the next few games who's he patting on the back <laughs> i'm not saying every pat on the back but i am saying that they were awfully friendly and looked like they were really excited to see each other soon uh, and then they got traded the next day. So, you know, it was Andre, less... Andre Aiden and Luka Doncic had a long talk at midcourt earlier this season. Did mm-hmm. they pat each other on the back, though? They smile collusively. Yes. Uh, I, I've done that with the timeline, guys. There's nothing <laughs> even it. I've talked to my agent. So... I don't talk to the timeline, guys. Uh, <laughs> am, I, am I the only one that just sat there going, look at the, look at the Dallas Mavericks making moves and look at the Suns not doing a goddamn thing? Yeah, you know yep. that... You know the gift <laughs> of the thing poking, just poking the stick at something, saying "do do something." That's the that, best that, Yeah, that's the last eight years here. All right, that's do something. do something, please. Well, no, and then it finally does something, and it craps on the floor. <laughs> yeah, can, can we can we talk about? Uh, I don't know where you have can this in, in the yeah, schedule. Yeah. Can we talk? Uh, uh, Tim, I don't know where you have this in in the rundown, but I feel like it's probably a good time to talk about uh, Brendan's uh, article from Brightside. Is that all right? Can yeah, we, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Dave. Can I we introduce you, the like, segment though? Can we talk about what we're doing because I want people yes, to know. So if they you hear want people it. to know what's coming, Tim, introduce it, it, please. Go ahead. We know there are roughly 40 Suns podcasts to choose from. Thank you for listening to the Sun Solar Panel Podcast. Okay, so what we're going to do each week, and I hope that the other Suns podcasts find this interesting or funny. We promise that we are not shitting on you personally. We all think you do great work, but we're going to take a take from one of the Suns podcasters every single week, whether that's a written take, a verbal take that they said on the show, or even something that they they said on Twitter, and we're going to debate it, uh, probably disagree with it, and we're going to do that. And this week, we did pick Brendan Clean from uh, Locked On Suns for a piece that he wrote that we are going to discuss. I think we should call this the Solar Vortex. What do you guys think? (laughs) So. So okay, I picked this this piece, and Dave, I love you like a brother I never wanted, uh, yeah. no from a mother who was really mean wanted. to me. Yeah. <laughs> but but this piece on Brightside made me go, okay, really, really, this is where we are. They don't all have to have the same takes as me. No, 
No, I agree because that would what be. What does a this real, have to do with me? That would be a really shitty site. Well, you're the editor, yeah. so I'm just giving you a hard time right now. You're here, so it's easier to go at you. But the the premise of the article was basically James Jones is tanking right, where Ryan McDonough didn't tank right. And can we please not confuse lack of action for a plan? Because that is not a plan, right? And and I don't think this whole well, he's he's gonna try to acquire the right assets and not do anything and and focus on the draft. He himself. We know he doesn't have draft scouts. He said he doesn't like the draft. He is not trying to rebuild this team through the draft and and acquire assets like that and and go this way. There is no tank or real plan here right now. And and just the premise of that, uh, it sounded like when I used to work for the team and I had to find a way to spin something into a positive. Well, right. let me tell you, Brendan Brendan does not spend his time defending the Suns front office. No. If you've listened to the Locked on Suns podcast, uh, they are always um, talking about how they would do things differently. So Brendan's article on Friday, I'm guessing, because I didn't I didn't have a chance to to read it until this morning or edit it. Um, we have another person who did that. Um, I, what he's saying is that James isn't making panic trades and panic trades generally end up uh, with a with egg on your face because they don't work out for you. Okay. No, and I, I, no, I'm not saying Brendan is is always defending. I'm just saying it just reminded me of the way I used to have to position things uh, (laughs) when I was paid by the organization. We all have days like that though, man. Every (laughs) one of us has days like that where we're like, okay, I'm tired of fighting this. This is fine. Oh yeah. Well, and you gotta, you gotta sometimes turn into the curve, right? I, I get it. I and but let's not say he doesn't make panic trades. What was what was the the deal to send Trevor Ariza to Washington other than a, a you know a, a hurried move? Like it wasn't no, it wasn't a hurried move. It was no. a move to get a young asset back that they may or may not want to keep and get rid of a guy who was dragging the team. It was oh yeah, and they've done light years better since he's been got look my point is, if you held him, you may have been able to get a better deal. Right? If you held Austin Rivers. And, or, or no, or Trevor Ariza. I don't Ariza. think you weren't going to get anything better for Trevor Ariza than Kelly Oubre. You just weren't. Yeah. In fact, I'm honestly stunned that they even got Kelly Oubre. The only reason but they that, got and, Kelly and Oubre was... I mean, Austin Rivers would have been a serviceable yeah, player. The only I reason didn't want they, him on the team because of his attitude. And at the time, attitude mattered to keep this team in one piece. This team was fracturing. Yeah. Um, the only reason they even got Kelly Oubre is because the, the Wizards had already decided that they weren't going to extend them. So the amount of young players that are uh, about to hit restricted free agency that the teams aren't going to re-sign is probably really limited. It's kind let's, of amazing. Let's talk they even for a minute about um, those rookie extensions. So, okay, so uh, let's let's recap back in the 2011 CBA, the Collective Bargaining Agreement, that um, uh, there was a little-known part of it that you cannot, as a as a young player, going into your second extension, and not your first one, but your second one after after the nine years or whatever, you cannot get a super max unless you're on the same team who that signed you to your first max extension. So, Devin, what this means is, Devin Booker, now that he has agreed to a max, or, or not the same, sorry, the same team you played for in your uh, through your entire first max extension. So Devin Booker, if he didn't want to be a Phoenix Sun, could have a held out this year, not signed a contract like 90% of the first round last year, 
um, not held out, but just took uh, his fourth year and not not extended. Or right now, he could insist on a trade, and if he gets himself traded as a fourth year player, not quite starting his 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 rookie extension. Um, Whatever team he's on is the only team at the end of this year. Whatever team he's on is the only team that can sign him to a super max second extension. So having said that, there's guys like a Chris Stapps. A Chris Stapps needs to be on the team he wants his super max second extension from if he feels like that is a possibility. A guy who, who um, you know, in retrospect, it shouldn't have happened, but a guy who was never eligible for a super max second extension was Isaiah Thomas, uh, because he had been traded during his his um, uh, his post rookie for first four years. Um, there are guys like that, and so very few players are eligible for second extension supermaxes. Chris Stapps got himself traded before this, so uh, that might mean that you'll see some more trade demands in the coming days from other first round picks from that 2015 draft who haven't signed their extensions yet. Uh, they might want to get on the team they want to be on for their careers, and this is the time to get traded, not two or three years from now. Well, and Tim, Tim I, I, with with the Kelly Oubre thing, can we not act like that was some stroke of genius and, and rewrite history with it? Do we not remember that wasn't the deal they wanted? <laughs> no, I, mean, no, I, okay, I agree okay, with you. On. I, I just wanna, think they weren't going to get anything better. It might I want to quibble with your words. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> There's no reason we don't know that the Suns didn't want Kelly Oubre. We just know that the Wizards weren't offering Kelly Oubre to the Suns because the Wizards wanted draft compensation back for him. Fair enough. The The point is the original deal, as it was reported, was not with Kelly Oubre coming to Phoenix. It was a, a secondary right. deal after the, Wizards, the fact. The Wizards were going to uh, to slough off the uh, the dumb, you know, bad players to the Suns and then get the second round pick or two from the Grizzlies for Oubre. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. I, we don't know exactly, but just it, let's not act like if, if it had been the original deal, I would praise, praise it as stroke of genius, brilliant work. But the way we saw it play out, I just, I can't, I, I feel like you almost dumbed into it. All right. <laughs> you dumb lucked into it, which is fine. It worked out great so far, but you know, let's not act like it was some uh, part of a master plan. So let's go ahead and thank a listener for supporting the show. If you are listening right now, wherever you listen to podcasts, or if you're watching on YouTube and you open up the show notes, there's a little button there for supporting the show. And this week's supporter of the show is Trey Johnson. And so shout out to you, Trey Johnson, for supporting. We really do appreciate you. Trey Johnson is an awesome name. Mm -hmm. That is. That sounds I would, like a basketball player. Yeah, or, or a podcast host. You know? Man, I, I was born with a shitty name. I wish it was Trey Johnson. Tim Tompkins is the best podcast host name. Yeah. It really is. He, he, he does have a good name. And, and Dave King is a strong name. Greg Esposito sounds 
like uh, a guy that shouldn't be talking to a mic. It is. It really is. So there's uh, there's three options for supporting the show if you wish to do so. One is a dollar a month. Another one is five dollars a month. Another one is ten dollars a month. If you do the ten dollar option, uh, I will personally send you some sun swag. I sent three listeners out uh, their sun's gear uh, just yesterday, actually. So anyway, if you end up doing it, just uh, let us know. Hit us up on the Twitter or the Facebook. Give us your address, and I will send you something. There that- is actually a fourth a fourth way, Tim. Uh, you can send me major electronics uh, if you'd like. I'll provide my home address. So. Hey, uh, while we have it and while we're on YouTube, do you want to show the the fancy thing that you got? Ooh, the string art of our logo? Yeah. Check it out, people. I, that I thing think, is awesome. I, I think need the, one of my own. Like, I right. want one. I definitely I'll, do. I will, uh, I will make sure that you guys get uh, connected with that, and we'll get those uh, to you. I, I, I thought it was pay, a fun I way. I would pay dollars for that. Oh, good, good, because they don't accept uh, non-dollars for that. So, but I thought it was a fun way to kind of honor uh, honor the show. It's a uh, you know, it's been a major part of everything we've done for the last two years. I, what were you, episode one twelve? I think yep. I've been here for at least a hundred and five of them. So, <laughs> yeah, like at least a hundred. You know, so. So I, you know, you gotta, you gotta honor the things you spend your free time doing. So I thought it was a fun way to do it. And, uh, when we get back from this break right here, we are going to examine some of the biggest trade targets that the Suns have, uh, been linked to as we approach the trade deadline. So if you want to hear that, you're watching on YouTube, just go ahead and this subscribe. This is the, to the last solar panel episode before the trade deadline has hit. So next time we record we'll be bitching and moaning about what actually happened. So this is the last moment of optimism we'll have. And on that note, we'll be back. know we're going to be like what the f- did they do <laughs> oh yeah they're either going to do nothing or they're going to make a really dumb trade i mean that's nothing. the two options here. hey man nothing's ever going to top february 2015 though jesus yeah if you want i can tell I mean, that even, story even again. Like, oh my god <laughs> I, ser- seriously after when we come back i can tell i can tell the story of internally how insane that was i think i've yes. told it part of it but oh my god man yes recap trade deadline 2015 because that's what all of our listeners want to be reminded oh god it was it was like a <laughs> nuclear bomb went off the weirder one was uh i think i told this one too the the following year i think it was the markeith morris uh oh, trade god, yeah. deadline yeah we we got pulled into a an executive meeting well not exact but a, a high level meeting with with julie and uh and me, Casey Tag, it's a bunch of the bunch of the people that were gonna have to spin this. And we were told they're not dealing him. We gotta act like he's here for the long haul. We gotta spin this that he's uh uh-huh. that he's proven that he's a, a part of this future. And then we're sitting in there and all of a sudden Woj tweets it. And I was like, We can end this meeting. He just got dealt to Washington. And everybody's like, What? <laughs> we were told he wasn't getting moved. I was like, well, thank God he did because we, I didn't want to have to lie through my teeth like that. The dude was at the practice, right? Like at the time he got traded, uh-huh. they were shooting around or practicing. The whole thing was just so weird. Like, 
like they they'd been told by by the front office that nope it's not going to happen nobody's going to bite i don't know i don't know how washington decided last second yes here's a first round pick for this malcontent please yeah the sun's uh, only successful trades in in recent memory are the ones with the wizards no the uh do you remember the Gordon to Houston? That that was a brilliant Gordon, a first rounder for uh, for what's his name there, uh, and a first rounder. Yeah, and a first rounder. Lance Long Blake. told me about that one where it was just like, uh, um, hey, let's. <laughs> Lance really thinks this is going to work. Let's just see if it works. <laughs> Lance, that that was that was the epitome of a Lance Blanks move. He's like, eh, I don't know. Let's, sure, you'd have a first rounder with him. I remember he went to China to to meet with Aaron Brooks. Uh, <laughs> the next year, like, yeah, try to get him to come back and and yeah. further fulfill his uh, his contractual demands. Yeah, which which in reality was Lance just wanted a trip to China. It had nothing to do with uh, trying to get Aaron Brooks back. Oh, oh God, <clears throat> I could just see Lon in that meeting. Well. I guess we'll make that move. Uh, you, you feel good about it, Lance? You, you know, have I, the perfect lawn voice. Uh, you know, I, I guess we'll do Sometimes it. You just got to give him one. <laughs> you know, he's the GM. I'm just the president. I, I you know. He's the basketball genius. We can't, uh, you know, we can't trade for Hidu Turkaloo again. You know, <laughs> Oh, I love Lon, but yeah, I could just see that playing out like that. That would have been a great sitcom. Lance, Lance Blanks and Lon Babby uh, as a sitcom, like an odd couple kind of NBA uh, front office sitcom. I feel like that would have been the most boring sitcom. Situational, just stuff. I don't know if you can call it comedy. Well, no, it would have been great because Lance never would have been on the show. The joke would have been he was always somewhere He'd have only else. Been walking through the background. Yeah. The yeah. And, and, <laughs> and Lon just put, doing both sides of lines, both sets of lines. Yeah. And he, side to side talking. Yeah, Lance would only Lance would only show up for a lunch with Lance when they decided to bring in the media. And then he'd uh, insult people like uh, uh, like Jude LaCava by not knowing who the hell he was. You, were you at that one? No, I didn't get to me. I was... They do that stuff during work days for me. So Jude Lacava go ask the question, and Lance goes, "And who exactly are you?" <laughs> there was an audible Why groan. Does that matter who exactly are you anyway? <laughs> audible groan. All right, sorry, Tim. I I, I digress majorly. I love uh, Lance actually doing an interview on on uh, Arizona Sports once with Gambo, and he's like, "I don't know why you guys don't have me on more often." <laughs> Those guys had to work hard to keep a straight face of, well, you don't make yourself available. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I remember came up on us and left. Lon, Lon uh, was on Bickley and Murata <laughs> and Bickley goes, do you see your social media team uh, going back and forth with the Portland trailblazers making jokes about wanting to be in the Eastern conference? And at that moment I go, my career's over. Lon is gonna just lose his <laughs> shit out of air. And he goes, Well, you know, those guys are really good at their jobs, and if they think that's what they're supposed to do, I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, thank <laughs> God. <laughs> it would have been would have been a hell of a story to say I got fired on air. Yeah. <laughs> 
By the way, to your point about the the max, the rookie uh, max extensions and all that, the NBA put it in to try to help these small market teams, yeah. and I actually think that it's hurt them. It's actually everything, forced these demands. Everything they try to do, everyone else just goes, we can get around that. Yeah, they find a way I to always knew the way to get around the, the second max thing is just get yourself traded in your rookie contract rather than in your extension. Yeah, which has created this just this, this uns. But that does help the Suns keep Booker as long as he's not demanding a trade yet. Yeah, but there's to your point, he could demand uh, demand one between uh, before uh, the extension before kicks it in. Before starts, right? He has to get traded before it starts. So I mean, it could expedite him for trying to force his way out this summer if he's really that pissed. He, I, I really I don't, don't think he will either. Suns are good, but then again, the Pelicans probably would have said the same about Anthony Davis. The Sun Solar Panel Podcast is so hot, I even agreed to do these silly voicers for Tim. Now, back to the show. So I feel like we're a little bit late to the game on this, but uh, it just happens to be when we record. We record on the weekends, and uh, this week was uh, pretty effing crazy, actually, for a trade deadline that all the reports are was going to be a little bit boring. It has been anything but boring, and uh, there have been some dominoes that have fallen Really, with one in particular player that has uh, uh, demanded a trade or uh, made a trade request, if you will, uh, Anthony Davis, which leaves a possibility of two point guards that are open. We're going to talk about Lonzo Ball, and we are going to talk about Drew Holiday. Uh, starting off with Lonzo Ball, reports are there's a mutual interest between Lonzo Ball and the Suns. He does not want to go over to the Pelicans. Lonzo Ball this season, 10 points per game, five rebounds, a little over five assists, a steal and a half. Uh, two turnovers. He is shooting 41%, close to 42% from the charity strike, 33% from uh, three-point percentage, which puts him right around Devin Booker range. He does have a four-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio, uh, a 12 PER, ranked 56th among point guards. But a lot of these stats, I think, are a little bit difficult just because he is on a LeBron James team, if you will. He's far from a perfect fit. But a fit nonetheless, and I don't know if it's just that Suns fans are so absolutely desperate right now for anything that resembles a point guard, uh, but Suns fans seem to really want Lonzo Ball at this point. Dick. You know, look, first of all, the Suns need, hey, this is a newsflash. We haven't talked about this every freaking week for 18 months, but newsflash, Suns need a freaking point guard. This is ridiculous. The, uh, just look at that Spurs game where the Suns almost won this week. Guess what that was? That was actually having a second guard who was making shots in the freaking game. That was having a second guard who was actually facilitating. In other games, the Suns have done well. Surprise, surprise, other players besides Devin Booker were having okay games. That should not be an exception. That should be part of the rule. And the Suns need another guard who can take pressure off of Devin Booker. Lonzo Ball is not a shooter. But he is a passer, he's a distributor, he can play defense, and uh, he can do a lot of things that help a team win in the same, in similar ways that Mikel Bridges does. I don't want Lonzo Ball on this team because I am totally afraid of LeVar Ball. The only thing that's keeping LeVar Ball in check right now, I believe, is LeBron James and Rich Paul. Those guys are saying, F, shut the F up, let us do our jobs and figure this out and just get off the stage, LeVar. If he goes to Phoenix... Oh my God! Phoenix would be overrun by Lavar Ball, this and that, and Do you know I don't how want good that that'll be for Bright Side of the Sun, though. It would be it would be click fodder, 
but I'm not about click fodder. I actually want to win games, and I want to talk about some dude's dad. It, could you imagine what this podcast would turn? We just talk. I, it'd be me screaming about Lavar Ball for 50 minutes a week, like and and this is this is another unpopular hot take like we had from me last week. But if I'm the Suns, I am not doing anything to help facilitate Anthony Davis to the Lakers, right? Because we saw everybody thought Kawhi was going to the Lakers. Now there's a chance he stays in Toronto. Paul George was supposed to go to the Lakers. He got traded to OKC. He stayed there. Don't help facilitate a deal of Anthony Davis to the Lakers. Because if he goes somewhere else, because I think New Orleans is going to be spiteful and either not deal him or deal him to a team he doesn't want to go to, there's still a chance he doesn't wind up a Laker. And I don't want to be part of the reason that he does wind up. Uh, with with the Lakers, uh, because you decided, well, Lavar or Lonzo Ball is is what we're going to get out of this whole mess, and let's help him get to to L.A. I just I don't want to see that. I just there's no way. And uh, yeah, Lavar would run rampant here. You think we've got a bad culture now in Phoenix? Imagine Lavar Ball sitting there just screaming about about Igor, and you know somebody here in this town would give him a radio show and put a mic in front of him. Uh, it would just it, it would all just become a giant giant mess more so than it is. We thought every week we think we hit rock bottom. You bring Lavar in here, instead of digging with a shovel, they're going to have an excavator to find a new level of low for this team. But having Rashawn Holmes' mom and Lavar Ball go at it, because I just feel like they would, would be kind of <clears> priceless. <throat> please, please qualify that. You mean arguing, not going at it in another oh, way. God. Right? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. I Thanks for see... ruining my morning. <laughs> she is, she is an see... outspoken woman, and it would be awesome uh, to see that on the regular. I, I want to be see, on a radio show together. Then I would listen. Actually, I want to see the Robert Sarver Lavar Ball reality show if he winds up here, because there that are would not be better than the uh, Lon Babby Lance Lance Blanks. Uh, it would, show. but but if you look, if you if you look at those two guys, there are not two more egotistical guys I have met. Oh, I haven't met Lavar, but I've that I've seen, and I think it would be. One just giant battle between these guys for who's going to say the dumber thing. Okay, so apart from, <clears throat> apart from you know t- his dad, if you were to take his dad out of the equation, looking at it, I do see your point, Greg, that you don't want to help the Lakers do anything. It might be one of those cases where Anthony Davis is going to become a Laker some way or another, so you can either leave the situation with Lonzo Ball or not leave the situation with Lonzo Ball. It's probably not going to hinge on whether or not the Suns are involved in it. If uh, they want to make a way, if, they, if there is a way to get over there, some other team will, will pick up the assets to help uh, facilitate that trade. But looking at Lonzo Ball's fit, is he a fit? Is he somebody that the Suns should be investing in or at least trying to see long-term whether or not he is uh, good, good on the team, worth the investment? He has a pulse and he can pass the ball. So does he fit? <laughs> yes. Is he the right fit for the long term? I'm not sure. Where do, where does this kid get off thinking he has any right to try to demand where he's going to wind up in this? What has he done? What has he accomplished? Nothing. Well, and right? that's the thing. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, where uh, Who I'd much rather have, obviously. Uh, not obviously, I guess, because everybody has their own opinion. But who I'd much rather have is Markel Foles from Philadelphia, which the little report came out that they are exploring deals for Foles. 
again with the Sixers because he doesn't really have a future with that team. Why would you rather have Markel Fultz? Because Markel Fultz was clearly the better prospect coming out of college. He was clearly the number one overball. He plays defense really well. He passes really well. He used to shoot pretty good. Um, he used to actually be able to make free throws. Uh, Lonzo Ball can't even make free throws. And he doesn't have a dad who wants to take over the NBA. Oh, and you got to look at it right now. I mean, the he reality is you're going to have to go high risk, high reward probably to find these guys that are going to help take you out of uh, out of the abyss that you've been in. Fultz is, is, is a higher ceiling in my mind than Lonzo without – uh, he has a different kind of baggage, obviously, but uh, I, I would probably lean towards Fultz over Ball too, uh, because it would cost you less too. I'm guessing uh, as part of a deal well, uh, right thing, now. Yeah, yeah uh, it would cost less. Yeah, I found it interesting that Ricky Rubio is being mentioned in in deals, and that they were exploring a. Rubio for Conley kind of move too. They're, I think that'd be perfect for the Jazz. If I was a Jazz fan, I'd be excited about that because Ricky Rubio is great, but Mike Conley is just a little bit better. Ricky oh, Rubio has made uh, his, his statement. His uh, agent has put out statements saying that uh, when he goes and um, uh, resigns with the team this summer, that he's not going to be resigning with a uh, with the shithole team, basically. No. Oh. So the Suns are off the list. Never right. mind. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I need an agent. I need an agent because it sounds like that's how you get anything done now. Is you just tell your agent something and they do the well, dirty see, that's, work. That's right? a big problem. Now I, I could go on a rant for a while on the on the whole clutch sports rich Paul thing, but they have been quietly trying to run the league for a long time now, and it started with Eric Bledsoe with the Suns, and that's uh, that's clearly hurt the Suns franchise the way he works behind the scenes and, and gets players to to turn on teams and stuff like that uh and now he's doing it again uh with the with the whole LeBron James thing and uh steering trying to steer things around to the Lakers and all that to LeBron's team he doesn't really care about the Lakers he cares about the market and he cares about um LeBron and that's which it. he's the agent and he should I can't figure out if Rich Paul is a great agent or one of the worst ones of all time well, I think it's Both. one of, it's one and the same, yeah, because from a player standpoint, he's the best agent of all time. From a team and and league standpoint, he's the worst because he's destroying the fabric of it by helping these guys collude to get where they want to go, which is fine. You know what? He's playing the system. They all are, and it's fine by me because for the longest time, the owners uh, took advantage of these guys. Let's be frank uh, in, right. in a lot of ways, and now they're figuring out a way to to have the power and more power to them, especially when when they're getting less of the overall basketball income because they had to take it to end the last lockout. So if they can find the way to have power uh, and they can't do it by getting the larger slice of the pie, they might as well control where they're going. And does it suck from a standpoint of being a Suns fan? Yeah, because you've put yourself in such a crappy position that nobody wants to come to this organization now. And it could mean that you're a, a bottom feeder for a very long time because of it. But I have no problem with the players taking control of their own destiny in this league now. Yeah, um, a good sign of a, of a, of a wonderfully hated person is that if rich paul was doing something in the favor of the Suns, i would think he's the greatest of all time it's just that's a that's a sign of genius and of success right there he's the mid 2000 spurs if, yeah, if well, you were still Spur the spurs the spurs still 
win everything and then go on record and go, oh, yeah, your team got robbed. Sorry about that. Fuck you, uh, Greg Popovich. I, I love it. I, <laughs> I love that. You and I, I are on too. different I sides love, of that. Hated it. I, uh, I, do, I love hated that. Somebody said that was him trying to help Igor keep his job. And I'm like, really, people? <laughs> like, you think Greg Popovich went, I really want, I really want to help Igor Kokoshkov here. No, he was sending a message to his team saying, you guys sucked. You should have lost to the worst team in the league. You're better at Lon Babby's voice. <laughs> this is true. I very much am better at Lon Babby's voice than, than Greg Popovich. So what is a fair amount for the Suns to give up for either Lonzo Ball or Markel Fultz? Josh Jackson. I think that's where the discussion certainly starts. Uh, and we'd add in the... I'd add it into every trade asset, the Milwaukee pick that will never go away. <laughs> Jackson is, and Milwaukee pick. Jackson it, and Milwaukee pick. The pick that Ooh, no other the, team wants. The, what was that, Tim? I'm the sorry. pick that no other team wants. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's like the 80s villain that you can't kill no matter what you do. It, it just won't go away. That's yeah, right. like, it just it won't go away. Let's, let's be uh, clear. If any other team wanted it, they would have it right now. Yeah, well, look, look I mean, if... Josh Jackson in the Milwaukee pick. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like Josh Jackson for Markel Fultz is a logical deal. It gives both guys a fresh start. Neither team loses loses face because uh, you know they they wind up getting a top five pick in return in a draft where some debated whether Jackson should have went went one at, at one point in that. So let me so tell you, both I... teams can spin it. I am starting to fall in love with Mikel Bridges as much as Danny Ainge loves Terry Rozier. I do. I would not want Mikel Bridges included in any of these trades. That's why I keep saying Josh Jackson on the hopes that somebody just goes yes. <laughs> I don't think the Suns are. The Suns had to give up a lot to get uh, uh, Bridges, and don't forget that Bridges was a Sarver pick. Well, a Sarver family. I pick. mean, right. Look, so it is. So it was Robert Sarver, tenth ranked prospect in the draft it's not like he was picked out of nowhere no it wasn't a stretch it was a it was a fair pick uh, yeah, what yeah. about sarver ain't trading I mean, mikhail bridges i mean there's just like he's got a for for his own ego he ain't traded mikhail bridges good whatever it takes keep mikhail bridges on this team whatever it takes i mean or you know what i'd be all right with if you could in one of these deals trade a tj warren and get get a young asset and maybe have to take a contract back that's shorter than TJ Warren's, but less valuable per you know, se. The Sixers need a forty percent three point shooter who can score it from anywhere on the floor. I would I would include TJ Warren in that in that trade with for Markel Fultz. I love how uh, fans are awesome. Fans like me are awesome because we throw in all these guys we don't want, and we just keep <laughs> piling them on for whatever guy we do want in the trade. It doesn't matter how much other shit uh, whether it's equitable or not we go well okay the trade gets better if i make if i throw in five pieces of trash right. instead of three pieces of trash how about troy daniels you would you like troy daniels as well <laughs> he's a 40 percent shooter Dude, hey, look at, i mean troy he daniels. hasn't shot in four years he's but you jj can... reddick <laughs> uh troy daniels would make some like uh, uh, the pistons for example could really use troy daniels what? Why do we assume Troy Daniels can still do things? We have not seen him play any significant minutes in a very long time. It's like, yeah, sure. Ryan right, Anderson, me, too. You guys want him. He can hit the three. We know that. Me, Look at history. 
let me go on a little Troy Daniels love right here just for a moment, not as a um, as a basketball player or valuable in a trade or anything, but man, did I love the impact I feel like he had in December for this team. In early December, Troy was not getting any minutes. He um, actually was uh, interviewed one night after the game, and the Suns had just uh, shown no spirit and no gumption and all that and got blown out again, and Troy was just like, yeah, we got to show professionalism. We've got to we got to bust our butts. And he got like five minutes in that game. He goes, even in my five minutes, um, I missed an assignment or two that I should never have missed. And 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 the the older guys really need to show better examples on the court. And he literally went out there for the next two weeks because of injuries, because uh, Devin Booker was out, and he played his butt off. He hustled on every single play. He got more rebounds, made more assists. I mean, we're talking one or two, but he made more, re- got re- more rebounds, made more assists, got more steals than I've ever seen Troy Daniels do in a in a stretch for the Suns, and that really did help, and it really did make a difference. So I really like his attitude. I love how he's been professional this whole time, and he's a good teammate. Um, I I. You know, I'd love to have him still on the team, but if he can get anything back, the Suns should be trading him next week. Yeah, well, like, I even think they get... should cut him just so he can go to a team that'll play him. Like he deserves, he deserves to be on. There's a, there are guys at like certain points in their careers that I just think, all right, you deserve to be playing right now. There are three weeks after the trade deadline and before the cutoff deadline day where it, where a player, if a player signs. With a new team by March 1st, he can play in the playoffs for that team. So uh, that's three weeks after February 7th. Whoever doesn't get dealt, um, uh, those kind of guys will be released in mid-February and teams will be able to pick him up, which is a big reason why the Suns will not get anything for Troy Daniels. He would just be a salary filler on a trade. Okay, so one guy we haven't talked about that I think I'd rather see you put your assets in for uh, who is in play now, obviously, with the Anthony Davis talk, is Drew Holiday. Want his mm-hmm. stats? Uh, yes. I, I have his stats if you want to. Uh, but Tim you can has go, the stats. Go ahead, you, Tim. You, you, uh, you go for this. You, well, I mean, uh, do, do you want to read his stats? You can read them. Uh, I also have some no, contract because, information. Because I don't, know, I don't know what some of these things stand Tim, for, these advanced stats. things. So you go for it. All right. So Drew Holiday, it is worth noting that he is a player in his prime right now. After getting 21 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists, he has a 19.5 PER, which I should mention for a guard is really, really good. Uh, he shoots 33% from three this year. And box minus positive 2.9 with a VORP of a positive 2.4. That is value over replacement player. Um, Drew Holiday is a little bit of an interesting guard, but I actually think he'd fit pretty well with Devin Booker. He's mm-hmm. played shooting guard 64% of the time this year, 40% last season. He hasn't actually been the lead guard since the 2014-2015 season. Now, this is important right here. He is under team control at roughly $25 million through 2020-2021 with a player option for 21-22. Uh, there are an extra $700,000 in incentives each year that include playing 66 games and averaging at least 7.3 assists and 3.15 rebounds. Yeah, the man is, he would be perfect with the Suns. And the, and the, and the only reason he is labeled as, <clears throat> the only reason he's labeled as a shooting guard um, more than half the time or any significant amount of time is because is, I think you're looking at basketball right now. No, he, right? well, he actually hasn't been playing. They've been playing him off ball with uh, a point guard for the last two seasons because they realize that uh, he is better um, when he's playing with another point guard. All right. Some of it also is just height. He's he's six four, six five, and they'll play a short if they play a shorter guard, they're gonna they're gonna 
show that that guy has the point. But I get what you're saying, Tim. Yes, he plays off ball really well. He has played off ball really well. He can catch and shoot. He can he can move without the ball, and that's really important. He plays defense like a demon. He's one of the best defensive players in the entire league. He's in his prime, and he's making a tick less money every year than Devin Booker will be making, and so there won't be a hierarchy issue. And he's done very well with AD as not being having to be the man, but he's really good as the second guy. So I think he'd be perfect on the team. Uh, he's a distributor and a shooter and a defender and everything, and he's under contract for several years. There is no better fit out there right now than Drew Holiday. And this is a guy, if you're serious about not wanting to play in the draft, this is a Zion-protected kind of kind of guy I'd go after. I'd go New Orleans, we'll give you a top three protected pick this year, and, and you know, Maybe maybe the poo poo platter of Josh Jackson and whatever it takes to to make the uh, make the salaries work, but that this is the kind of guy, this is the kind of swing you can take that isn't ridiculous that could help put you in a different level next year. Well, you have to make the salaries work. Yeah, so yeah, yeah but I think there's uh, there's ways. Right, I mean, so that's why you include those guys. It's okay to include the the Troy Daniels and T.J. Warren. You know that okay. I wrote this week about you know my ranking of of available assets, and I said I would not trade Mikel Bridges, and I just said that five minutes ago. However, if that gets you as part of a package a current or f- and future All Star level player, then I would consider including Mikel Bridges. He, Drew Holiday is about the only guy on the available landscape that I would include Mikel Bridges for. I would have also put him in a Kristaps trade as well. Um, that's the level of player I would include him in a deal for I wouldn't include him in a deal for someone like a Markel Fultz or Lonzo Ball that's all um, but I don't know that any other team really knows has seen enough of Mikel Bridges to demand for him anyway so it's probably a moot point between him and Jackson oh yeah no no GM's gonna make himself suffer through a Suns game let's be honest so <laughs> they don't have to right <laughs> exactly well, they also there's there are uh, um, if if you want uh, high level information, you can always use a synergy account to to find out about you know specific players and and uh, don't forget that some of these other uh, uh, GMs do actually have scouting departments. Which, by the way, I do want to bring up that <laughs> the Suns do have a scout. His name is Ronnie Price. Uh, he works in Washington what? most of the time. Wait, was that actually Ronnie Price when we were at the game? Yeah, like yeah. I said the guy Does looked like Ronnie Price. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Dude, I haven't seen him on the listed on the on the website. On uh, the Suns. Uh, uh, I am. Brendan Clean reached out to the Suns and uh, they told him Ronnie Price was one of their scouts. And then there was one more, and I forget his name. Uh, but the Suns do actually have two scouts, and yes, one is Ronnie Price, which would explain why I we love saw that Ronnie Price is on, is working for the Suns. I love that guy. He's one of my favorite players. I love that that was actually Ronnie Price when we were at the game together, and we both laughed and thought, it's just a guy that looks like Ronnie Price. Yeah. Look at that. James Jones has two scouts. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) I really, really hope that when Jamal Crawford retires, because he said he wants to go front office before anything else, I would love it if Jamal Crawford also joins the Suns front office and just be a, a ton of players only. You know, like a, like the NBA Tuesday night players only broadcast, players only front office. All right, well, let's bring in Chuck as the president of basketball operations. We have a truly <laughs> players only uh, structure here. Only it, if Ernie Johnson comes in to actually moderate the shit show that's going <laughs> to happen. 
how great would that just hire get hire the inside the nba the TNT inside. hey kenny smith they can make him the the head coach if they want to <laughs> done We've Holy crap. We've solved the Suns' problems. <laughs> All they need is the inside the NBA team. <laughs> so with the trade line coming up, let's do uh, over-unders. The Suns making 0.5 trades. Over. I think they'll make a minor deal that makes us all scratch our heads. Um, I'm going to go over as well. I, I think as much as James Jones is saying he doesn't want to do trades or whatever i think he's gonna he's gonna find a trade to do all right i'm gonna go under because i have absolutely no faith in this suns team to do anything at any point uh it is i i can't tell you this is honestly the first time in my life where i don't want to watch the suns oh i still watch the suns i can't i can't i can't this week it's just it's it's been so awful that there's like parts of me that just can't take it right now well, then you missed a great comeback against the Spurs. That's yeah, fine. and and a moment that you knew exactly what was going to happen when Rudy Gay got the ball. You well, went, yeah, oh yeah, Everyone this is over. Rudy Gay was going to make that shot. Yes, a, a step in twenty-two and a half footer is the perfect, exactly the the Rudy Gay shot. But don't worry, Tim. I mean, there's seven other podcasts that guys are watching games, so I'm not saying I'm not take, watching them. You can I'm take a week. Off. I don't want to. You know, it is. <laughs> All right, so uh, next episode, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about all the trades that the Suns did or did not make, uh, why nothing will change for this team, and we're going to be back at it uh, again next season with uh, the same same crap we have right now. Oh, look at the sunny outlook. It's wow. Always, it's always this is sunny definitely not the stuff. Sunny in Phoenix podcast. Dude, has it been... Or the podcast of optimism that is the uh, Fanning the Flames so nope, this is this is the Tim. It's been seven years of this of this rebuild. I like I'm tired of it. I'm over it. I So you're not excited about the idea that the Suns are finally rebuilding correctly? No. No, there's no <laughs> rebuild. You're seven years into it. There's no rebuilding correctly anymore. It's not rebuilding anymore. You're just bad. Okay, so let's go back really quick. Rewind to when uh Greg said that Ryan McDonough has not done a bad job in the draft. Okay. You're seven years into a rebuild, and this year you're playing four rookies in your primary rotation, and you have the youngest team in the league. What the hell happened to the rest of those draft picks? There's been 20 draft picks. Yeah, Marquise, well, Chris, and Dragon Bender. That's what happened. Don't don't forget that Lance Blanks drafted Kendall Marshall and a bunch of crap, crap too. Like it's Alex not, Lynn, like there was a there was a whole. Archie Goodwin, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Tyler Ennis. Hey, Bogdan was good, just not I know, here. but he traded him later before he could play for the Suns. <laughs> he, but he drafted Marcus him. Chris, Dragon <laughs> Bender, Tyler Eulis. Need uh, I go on? Uh, okay, uh, but I, I still hang my hat on. You look at technically drafted Mark. <laughs> <laughs> he he missed Mikhail he Bridges. really he missed on one draft is when he when he missed he missed the yes. the Marquis no, and, and uh, Josh Jackson is iffy. I mean, it's iffy, but who else was on the board that he Aaron should have been? Aaron Fox. Right. Well, you know, whatever. But, I, but you had <laughs> you had Eric Bledsoe at the time. I mean, I, I wanted him to take thing, The Phoenix Suns are like the city of New York. There's always scaffolding up. There's always construction. It's never ending. And I think this is always going to be a rebuild. And I don't know how we wound up here after so many decades of good basketball. But... 
I used to well, complain that the well, oh, I do, but I I rant about that individual enough. I don't need to do it more. But I used to complain about the Suns being good but never great, being the the bridesmaid and never the bride. Oh, and that, that was the common refrain, man. When the Suns had the thirteenth or fourteenth pick, six out of seven years. Yeah, there was no. the common refrain was, dude, you have to bottom out. You have you can't just be barely good enough. You have to bottom out. Now now, now they're, they're now can they're you the, please just have one playoff game? They're they're not they're not the bridesmaid anymore. They're the drunk guy in the last pew that you're worried is gonna when they say, Does anybody they're have the anything? Or, audience it, who just screwed half the bride's groom. Oh no, they're not that would require them getting lucky. They don't get lucky, all right? They're they're the drunk guy in the back pew that when they say, Speak now or forever hold your peace, everybody's worried he's gonna shout something ridiculous out. Everyone right? everyone side glances him. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, the son now. I would much rather be a bridesmaid, okay? Where the bride's dad turns around and gives him the stone face <laughs> i would say with josh jackson i do still think the jury's out on josh jackson and that's why i didn't i didn't list him as a as a mess yet well and did you, he has that that like diary that he's writing this year and he said something to the extent of these first this first year and a half feels like it's been five with everything that's happened well, but then well, I mean, he's, he's had a five year like four bet, coaches and, you know well, I think there's... no, no. Okay, okay. Let me let me backtrack a little bit. <clears throat> Josh has tons of talent. He could be very good, and he has tons of energy, and constantly plays with energy, and he tries hard. And he's had three coaches in a year and a half. So let's give him a break. I get it, but I'd rather have Mikael Bridges. Oh, I agree. And it, it's it's a nature versus nurture question, and I think we're learning that if you don't nurture your young draft picks in the right way. It doesn't turn out very well for you, and that's they've they put these kids in in a chaotic situation with with little true player development that that could be accounted uh, uh, to them. Like it's tough. It's not a it's not a situation for these guys that for success for sure. It's funny. It's for a rebuilding team how little effort they put into player development or scouting at this point. <laughs> But they're doing it right, at least now. <laughs> Finally doing it right. Uh, so on Brandon, that note, <sighs> maybe we'll be back next week and we'll have something positive to say. Probably Sorry, not. guys. Sorry, listeners. Thank you for surviving another hour of three guys sitting there feeling like we're sitting around the table at a bar, drinking beer and bitching about the suns. Oh, okay. I mean, that's Thank what you. we're doing, except we're drinking coffee. You just got done listening to the solar panel. For more great Suns content, check out the Timeline podcast for stuff like this. There's no way that Hakeem Olajuwon makes his own pancakes. <laughs> I'm really sorry that you just made a great coherent point and that's all I had to respond with, but it, all it did was lead me to look up the fact that Hakeem Olajuwon made $110 million in his NBA career and God knows how much since then. He easily has someone at his ranch to make his pancakes, right? That's The Timeline, a Phoenix Suns podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. So I went to go see Big Big Bad Voodoo Daddy last night. You ever heard of them? Yes. Yeah, in the 1990s. I know, right? They're still touring. Of course, the place was full of really old people. Uh You got to make a living somehow, right? Hey, and just this morning, I see an article on The Ringer talking about the Big Bad Booty Daddy being the last niche band who played a halftime at the Super Bowl. And they were talking about that last night. It's been 20 years. 
That was back before it was always a huge, giant super act. Exactly. Oh. Dave, I saw, uh, I went to a Crash Test Dummies concert on Monday. Not quite the same as Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. No, but, you know, they were really big in the 90s and it didn't do a lot since. Uh, that's the first time I've been at a concert in a long time where I felt really young. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was my experience last night. Exactly. So, very good analogy. I I thought about the uh, Hootie and the Blowfish this week. Does that count? I, I just thought Not about, about it. I didn't see him. Yeah. Darius Rucker's a country man. Country <laughs> Western. Country and Western. He, he actually, they're actually going on tour this summer for a 20th anniversary of uh, of one of the Hootie and the Blowfish records. Yeah, need the money. So I saw Darius uh, several years ago on a Fourth of July concert, um, headlined by uh, oh, shit, I forget her name, but anyway, he was the opening act. He was really good, and half the songs he sang were Hootie songs. Yeah, I was gonna say he oh. does Hootie when he does uh, his solo act. Yeah, doesn't he? It, yeah. I love it. I love it because I loved Hootie. Yeah. Same here. That was all. It always sounded kind of country. So he was shocked. Yeah. He's been. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, he's he's been in interviews, and he's just. He's like, man, being a band. It, there's a big difference between your first record and your all your other records. Because your first <laughs> record is like ten years worth of your very best stuff from trying to get into everywhere. Your second record is the twelve songs you wrote in the past year. <laughs> I didn't. It was their third record that sucked. It was the first two were pretty good, but the third one sucked. So but that's what you say is like you run out, you run out of your your tried and true stuff, and you're just stuck with whatever <laughs> you wrote recently. Oh, 